Riding my abs all the time. <laughs> That's especially when Sorry. <laughs> I'm discharging. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm discharging. Don't look like... at me or make direct <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? <laughs> but when it comes to sex... We're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How do you do you? Should I rap again? Yep. Okay, here's the song that's in my head now. There she goes, slide down the pole. One dollar bill's coming out her asshole. There she goes, slide down. That's what I have. That's what I have today for you. You're incredible. Thank you. You. Thank you. You are just amaze me daily. I know. I have a lot of talents and honestly, they're (laughs) underappreciated. Honestly, overall, I'm underappreciated and underpaid. Mm-hmm. So uh, people just don't ask me to perform that often anymore. Yeah. So I got to take advantage of my opportunity. Opportunity. So if you need anybody for a bar mitzvah, <laughs> Emma is ready. For a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things with having a job now is that you have to wear pants every day. Mm. <clears throat> and I wear jeans. Mm-hmm. I wear nice denim. And... <laughs> You know what hurts your labia? Nice denim. <laughs> nice denim. <laughs> you don't fucking realize how squished your labia mm-hmm. get all day. And I understand that this is a rough sentence to hear. <laughs> it's not what you asked for. And it's you not what I sign expected up for this. to say. <laughs> but I realize how... I need how much I need to like change into sweats and talk about raw dog out. in it. I raw dog those jeans every day. Yeah. And it's hard work. And like sometimes I just go to the bathroom just so I could take my pants off. (laughs) Just to air out a little bit. It's her a breather. Yeah. Jeans come up into you. Well, and especially if the underwear don't have a wide enough vulva coverage part. I wear thongs too. So... Mm. They never do, <laughs> to be honest. G-strings all day or day. Front and back G-strings, <laughs> preferably. Uh, sometimes I just use dental floss, as long as it's not mint flavored. Um, and fine. I just string her right up. String her right and up. Tie it around the waist. I go around my shoulder, <laughs> through my legs. <laughs> like a purse? Um, well, you become the purse. I am the point. purse at the end. <laughs> You just carry me around by my mm-hmm. floss. <laughs> I didn't like it either. Um, but anyway, so that's what I think about a lot of the time. And you know, it's really important that we normalize using floss. Stretching out your labia. Stretching out your labia, airing them out, making yourself into a purse. Yeah. Just all of the things that happen when you are a vagina owner. Yeah. Because it's a lot of shit. Like... Like some days are smellier than other days. Yeah, if we're and, getting more serious, yes. And you've done everything you could to not be 
or just your normal stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're just like going along, doing all the same stuff you normally mm-hmm. do. And then you're like, why is the discharge different? And why is there so much? Yeah. Or why is there so little? And why I, is there any at all? Why is there any at all? What's the point? Why are my underwear bleached? Yeah. Why are my underwear bleached? Is she that strong? And yep. if she she's is. She's trying to get out from my jeans. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's why it I hurts. Feel. And if it's like, mm-hmm. if she's that powerful, how can I harness that and like put it towards put something it towards more productive something. than bleaching the underwear I pay for? <laughs> Honestly, it's rude. It's like she doesn't get that. Like, this is our money. I bought this for you. And you're making us broke. You stupid whore. You stupid whore. Whore. I don't know why we have to talk about Christopher Walken the more and more that we talk about. Because when you well, have a vagina. <laughs> You're working on it? It's a uh, good impression. I don't actually know who Christopher Walken is. So You would if you looked him up. Okay. Yeah, you'd know. But, I mean, all of that, all the way to, like, queefing, I feel yeah. like it's important to talk about, and we cover it today. We do. Thank That's the Lord. what we're doing. We are getting into all of these questions. It's basically just a speed round with an expert. So we are talking with Janelle, and she is a registered nurse with a background in public health who has all of the information and is also just very fun and cool and accessible, mm-hmm. but like very much a professional. So you're not yeah. just getting like random weird ass information. Yeah. These are real educated scientifically based answers answers. about why your vagina and vulva do the things they Mm do how to properly take care of them what what is important to use throughout the day if you want a refresher you Mm -hmm. know and like what you shouldn't use and just yeah how to basically take care of your body so that you can have amazing sex in your life and what is normal and what's not so normal because you know normalization is obviously our priority here, but there are some things that you need to watch out for because it's like, hey, that's a sign of an infection. Of an infection. Of infection. <laughs> that means call a doctor. And, yeah, and we don't want you to have an infection because we love you. <laughs> All right, enough about infections. We're Let's, heading into the new year fresh. Yeah, fresh. Infectionless. Yeah. The only infection I want you to have is love in your heart. And honey, do me in your pants. In your pants. In mm-hmm. your pant holes. Well... Didn't mean that. All right. Okay. We'll see you. See you on the other side. side. Bye. Bye. (laughs) The new year is fast approaching. And while I'm not one for making or sticking to any (laughs) resolutions, I will, however, be ringing in the new year with perfectly shaved pubes. (laughs) The Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer you can get yourself with its skin-safe technology and multiple guard length options. Plus, it's waterproof, making cleanup in the shower a breeze. Easy breezy. And if you're looking for more ways to be confident in this new year, I suggest smelling better. Oh, good one. (laughs) 10 out of 10 recommend. Luckily, Manscaped is one step ahead of you with their new Ultra Premium Body Wash. It's a perfect addition to your self-care routine, and it's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep you feeling nice and clean and moist. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code DOOMY, D-E-W-M-E. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code DOOMY, D-E-W-M-E. Upgrade your 2022 self-care routine with Manscaped. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Uh, My name is Janelle. I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for about 
gosh, I think it's about nine years now. Um, And a lot of my focus has been in reproductive and sexual health. Um, I started my career working in HIV outreach. I was an outreach counseling and testing nurse, and then kind of transitioned into teen clinic and working in adolescent medicine, where I got most of my experience with, you know, vulvas, vaginas, and everything in between. (laughs) Um, I do have a background. Before, nursing is actually my second career. My first career was actually in public health. I was a public health um, educator for nine plus years, worked a lot in maternal health and chronic diseases. So kind of put the two together to become like kind of a public health nurse. And that's kind of what I use my platform for to kind of educate the masses about periods, vaginas, and sex. So just incredibly well-rounded yes, and like <laughs> practice and theory all put into one. That's amazing. Yes. We have a habit of stumbling upon amazing people for this podcast. Yeah. So it's awesome that you're so, I don't know, doing the Lord's work. Um, well, you brought up that you have a lot of experience in vaginas and vulvas. And I think that's kind of where we want to dive into, dive right into vaginas today. Um, but first we get a lot of questions and we have questions ourselves about like vulva and vagina normalization. We, my favorite word that we wrote down for these questions was labiaization. It's like normalization, but for labia. Yeah. Anyway. So can we start off by like kind of talking about shapes, colors, everything that labia can be and kind of what they all look like. Yeah. Specifically looks. Yeah. And then yeah. we want to get into everything yeah. else. They can look like, um, like a myriad of things, depending on kind of like race, ethnicity, background, that kind of stuff. So there's no one labia that's like normal, although you may see like labia in like porn or online that they code as normal, but they come in different shapes, different sizes. You know, I'm, I'm brown, mine's brown. You know, you guys are a little bit lighter. It might be peach. Um, the lips could be longer, short. It kind of just, it depends. You know, do you wax? Do you shave hair, hairless? Um, so the big things about your labia, as long as, you know, it's not painful, you don't feel any lumps and bumps that haven't been there before. Um, you can, and it looks like of course, you should be actually looking at your labia to know what normal is, right? So, and it looks like how it's always looked, then most of the time you can assume it's normal. So if you're not having pain, there's nothing like, there's no lumps or bumps, there's no discharge, no cuts, mm-hmm. anything like that, you can assume that it's normal. So I think um, there's, like you guys said, like this big thing on like what a normal labia looks like, but normal is whatever your normal is, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak. I feel like where a lot of people can get uncomfortable is when your inner lips are longer, Mm -hmm. typically. And I feel like that also changes how they look, like whether they're foldy or wrinklier (laughs) or whatever. So, I mean, I I don't love looking at my labia, I guess, but it's like because I feel like what we see in porn, they're just shorter, they're smaller, Mm -hmm. they're smooth, you know, and so... I want to talk about how all of that in between is what people can experience and have. Yeah. And so having the inner lip that are long, that's, that's normal. I think mine are, my inner lips are probably longer than my outer lips. And like the the thing about it, I'm laughing to myself. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that there was anything different. Cause you know, mine are mine are mine. And I've never really looked at anybody else's. I'm like, Oh, I guess there are, they are different. Like once I started working, in you know that area I'm like oh yeah they come and they look different they're in mine but that's their normal and so there there's no right answer I think people you can accept what is yours like if your labia if they are 
there there aren't any like anything visually wrong with it so there's no lumps there's no bumps um you're younger so they should be kind of most times they're fuller when you age and you know your estrogen level starts to drop they may become like a little more thin things like that but as long as you know, they look okay to you. There's nothing visually, when you visually look at them, there's nothing wrong with that. Then they are normal. Mm -hmm. The more we can hear that, the better. (laughs) (laughs) Another question that we had near the labia was the clitoral hood. Do they all look the same or is that something that is also really dependent on the person? That is also something that's really dependent on the person. Some people could have like clitoral hoods that are like longer. So it kind of folds over and they could have those individuals who have um, clitoral hoods that are shorter. So it really is. And, you know, when we do visual inspections on my patients, I'm not really looking at their clitoral hood. I'm looking on the inside to see what's going on. So I'm not really inspecting their, <laughs> their clitoral hood, but <laughs> it is really dependent on the person. So it's just like a person's color of eyes or their hair. Like everything is really dependent on genetics and that particular person. Mm-hmm. I feel like I see art on our Instagram of like yeah. different uh, vulvas and you see the difference in the way that they draw them. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea that the clitoral hood was also something that can be different to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and does that like impact your pleasure at all? Or is that still all the same? It can, um, and depend like, so an individuals who have like longer clitoralhood, hood, it can sometimes, um, decrease sensation. But I guess if you're aware of your clitoralhood being longer then you know, you just kind of do what you have to do to get your sensation and pleasure. Like if, as long as you and your partner are aware of that, you can still, there's still ways to work around that. But um, I think it, again, it comes back down to like knowing your body. So it's a matter of like looking at what you have down there, mm-hmm. kind of taking inspection, t- you talking to your doctor about it. Like if you're having problems with pleasure, like, all right, doc, what's going mm-hmm. on? This is what it looks like. Is everything quote unquote, like, does everything look like the way it's supposed to look? You know, I'm having problems with, with like reaching an orgasm. Could there be something wrong with me physically versus something wrong with me, like mentally or Mm -hmm. psychologically. So having those discussions and having somebody to talk to from a medical or clinical standpoint to, to have those conversations. Yeah. That's really interesting too, because I'm thinking about, um, we talk a lot on this podcast about like clitoral sucking toys. Mm. Um, and then we've had some Mm. people like on our social medias be like, oh yeah, that didn't work for me at all. And Mm. to me, it's like, how? Like, oh my God, it's amazing. But it would make sense. Like maybe their clitoral hood is longer and so it doesn't feel as good or it's just, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. interesting to think about how like the actual anatomy could impact what works for you and what doesn't and how just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean there's something wrong. It just means it's different and you need to figure out what works. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're so Mm -hmm. correct. So interesting to see how our bodies work. Yeah. Um, Well, I think another thing with labia and on labia is our hair and how Mm -hmm. that grows. So does the hair on our labia, outer labia, have a purpose? Like, is it better to leave it more natural? People who like to wax or shave, like what is it there for? (laughs) (laughs) So it does serve a purpose. So the hair on your labia, it serves to protect against like friction and bacteria. So your, the labia itself has its own pH, like pH balance. And so like when you remove the hair, you know, through waxing, shaving, sugaring, you can um, offset that pH balance. Not to say that you should, shouldn't remove your hair. Like it's, it's really a perfect 
personal preference, but there's no medical reason to remove the hair. And it actually serves a purpose. And the purpose is to protect you against like the friction and the bacteria that could get into, into your um, vagina and into that area. So is it bad if you do remove it then? I don't like to use the word bad. I don't mm-hmm. think anything is bad or good. I think you just have to, again, it's a personal preference, but I think you just have to be careful in the way that you remove it. So okay. like, you know, shaving is probably the most common way that people remove their hair. So if you're going to do that, of course, you're going to make sure that you're using a razor just dedicated to, you know, the outer genitals. You're not shaving kind of in the perineum, like the space in between the vagina and your anus. Um, trim if it's very long you can trim it before you actually shave it making sure that you know you're using some sort of um, cream or something to remove the hair but it, you know it's preferable if it's closer to the ph of the vulva so that it's not disrupting your ph in your vulva that, mm-hmm. those kind of things so just a lot yeah. of things to remember um, again it's a personal preference I, I don't tell patients to to remove or not to remove I just kind of tell them like if you're going to remove these are some of the things that you should consider and are you should you avoid the perineum because of like spreading bacteria from the butt to the yeah vagina? yeah okay. it's a big bacteria area yeah so you don't want to do that yeah I was gonna ask and about- it's also very very sensitive in that area so you got to be really careful you know yeah mm-hmm. that's in there yeah I was gonna say about shaving your butt hole <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it should be a different a different razor, razor. yeah uh, yes. it's yes. a little uncomfy yeah. when it grows back too. <laughs> You know, itchy probably yeah it's, it's like pokey like it feels mm-hmm. like I have sticks up there <laughs> you know so like I would rather get it waxed and like deal with that situation mm-hmm. all at once when I'm getting like a Brazilian mm-hmm. but I've yeah. had to like maintain <laughs> like let's say I'm too poor to go to get a wax so and then you shave and then like a couple days later you're like this is the worst mm-hmm. thing I've ever felt yeah. yeah. And shave, sugaring, shaving, um, sugaring and waxing, you know, depending on whether you're getting it done professionally or doing it at home, you know, um, is, I don't like to say like it, it, you may have less issues with that because, you know, the, the waxing, there's, you know, the heat and that kind of stuff and removing it, but, um, it may be like a more preferable way versus the, the shaving, um, Although shaving is obviously a lot more cheaper and more accessible to more women. Like yeah. I can't go get a wax every two days or whatever. So mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Does hair grow different? And I'm saying it sounds like, of course it does, but does it grow different for different people? Like pubic hair, like mine just feels like coarse and thick. Like, is that how everyone's is? <laughs> or is there nicer hair? Like my, my, it, it, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> like silkier hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it really is like dependent on the person. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like mine is a little bit more coarser and I feel like other people's it may be like thin, like some people are blessed and they have like thinner hair or less hair down there. Like they just don't get a lot of hair in on their vulva. So yeah, it goes different for different people. Yeah, my roommate's leg hair, she'd be like, oh, my legs are so hairy. And then I'll touch them, and there's, like, nothing there. You can't see anything. And I'm like, if this is just your problem, then I don't want to hear it. Let's keep it to ourselves. Let's keep it to ourselves. Yeah. Right, right. Like, she can go forever without shaving her armpits because it's like the cutest little hair that grows and mine is like (laughs) like I have five o'clock shadow the second I shave and it's just unfair that that's how my body works you know let's just check in about this totally relate totally yeah it's really upsetting so I think I need to go get it waxed and it's like starting to itch as we're talking (laughs) I think I need to get a wax I think I need to get a wax under there 
still kind of going on that train of things that make us feel a little uncomfy. Taste of vulvas. Is there like a normal vulva taste? They are all going to taste different depending on, you know, of course your body chemistry and then like mm-hmm. your, what your diet, right? Yeah. So um, that has a really big impact. And you could also throw in there, like if you have an infection, because sometimes people have infections and don't recognize they have an infection. So um, they're going to, your vulva is not going to taste like my vulva because our diets are different. Our body chemistry is different. So yeah, they all have like different tastes. I don't, there, there isn't a like a widespread, like normal, this is how all the normal vulva tastes. Everybody's taste is going to be different. I do not like the question I'm about to ask, but um, <laughs> what does an infection taste like? Oh, <laughs> rough. That's a rough one. I that, gave a precursor. <laughs> I, I can say that I don't know. However, you know, sometimes like, I guess it would be more based on smell. So like if you have a more fishy odor, it, you know, that could signal oh, okay. BB or a trick, or if it has more like of a yeasty taste, it could be like a yeast infection, you know, more okay. sugar in your diet. So yeah, those kind of things. Okay. What are your thoughts on the food that people suggest to make you taste better? Like people say like drinking a lot of pineapple juice or, or cranberry or cranberry, or I've even heard of like putting stuff in your vagina. I thought you were saying pudding. Like oh, put, you were say pudding. pudding too. I was like, like, like eating a lot of pudding. Like, have we not heard of this one? Where are you guys with this? Medically. Medically. But yeah, like the pineapple theory. I feel like that I've heard a lot. I have heard that too. And I can't like, so I'm always, I'm a nurse. So I'm based in research. Like, let me find the research. I cannot find anything that supports that, you know, that okay. says that, um, pineapple will make you taste better. I know there are foods, you know, like the garlics and the onions that make can make it more pungent, asparagus, mm-hmm. of course, those kind of things. But I, I don't, I can't say that my partners have said it tasted any better or worse <laughs> eating pineapples. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So yeah. <laughs> I've, I feel like I've heard that a lot with like a guys I've slept with. <laughs> They're like, Oh, it'll make the semen better. <laughs> I don't like it either. Okay. I just, that's what I've heard. And, well, and it makes sense that there wouldn't be any research because that would be a really difficult study to get funded yes, when like we can yes. barely fund just like any studies any for people study, with like, vaginas. It's like, right, okay, what right. about taste? Like, okay, right. we're going to need to fund Anec- that ourselves. <laughs> right. Anecdotally, anecdotally, people have told me, yes, it has made like, but it, the jury's, if you think it does, then I'm, Drink the pine. It's good for you anyways. Go ahead and drink pineapple juice. You know, that's kind of my thought. Fair (laughs) enough. So I feel like some days are smellier than other days, but that doesn't, I did not necessarily mean that like, I feel like there's an infection. So what Mm -hmm. is that about? If you feel like, oh, today is like a a weird smelly day, day. (laughs) strong day. Um, Why does that happen? If I feel like everything else is basically normal. It could be because of where you are in your menstrual cycle. So, you know, like with your hormones, there are periods where your estrogen is higher versus where your estrogen is lower. So that could be it. It could be on a day where, you know, just basic things like you're running around more and you're sweatier. <laughs> um, so that like your odor gets trapped down there and it's more pungent. Um, a, a, a lot of the times it could be just based on the men- in the menstrual cycle and where you are in your menstrual cycle. Okay. 
And I'm assuming it's going to be pretty similar to your answer regarding taste, but is there a normal vagina smell? I guess the best description I've heard is like an earthy smell. Hmm. Um, As long as it's not, so as long as it's not overly pungent, um, which is different for everyone, as long as it doesn't have like a fishy odor, which is hard for, because not everybody recognizes what a fishy odor is. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're, if you're in a room and something like your partner is telling you that they can smell you, that's probably a signal that there's something off. Um, But there should, it should be just like, uh, I guess like a light earthy smell is the best way to describe it, but it shouldn't be taking over a room, so to speak. <laughs> I'm earthy. <laughs> Anyone ever comments on my smell? <laughs> it's called earthy. Get with it. I don't know what I would do if my partner said they could smell me across the room. Um, test it out. I don't think he is brave enough to do that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that would be pretty scary. Is there anything we shouldn't do? Like, is sleeping with your underwear or sleeping in a thong or wearing thongs, like, are those things that contribute to bad hygiene down there so there was a recent study on that so the thing about um thongs they say like it doesn't make it better or worse the thing it needs your genital area needs like air to breathe so my philosophy is always like give it the most air to breathe so don't sleep don't like live in thongs don't live in like tights or you know stretch pants those kind of things because it needs room to breathe um if you prefer to sleep without underwear like chances go ahead and do that like a lot of the research supports like not sleeping without underwear i like to sleep with underwear my legs are big it gets sweaty down there so i'm sleep with my underwear right (laughs) um but you shouldn't you don't sleep in a thong if you don't have to like if you want to sleep without any underwear go ahead if you want to sleep with underwear sleep with regular um cotton underwear or some sort of material that's made from the earth Okay. Yeah, that makes that was more my sense. next question about materials. Mm-hmm. I kind of related. I've tried a number of period underwear, mm-hmm. and Thinks was the first one that I got a long time ago. Um, and so those ones were okay. They were very expensive, and they, I always mm-hmm. felt like they're so thick that I always kind of felt like I was wearing a diaper, mm-hmm. and it was not. I would like rather wear a pad at that point. But then I just got some from NYX. And I'm Mm. really excited to try those. So they're like a lot lighter. They're kind of that uh, same fabric that um, uh, like the no seam or like no show Mm. underwear would Mm. be made out of. Uh, But they're still breathable and everything. So I'm excited about those. But yeah, I feel like material matters so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, you want something that's going to allow the area to breathe. So that's why they usually recommend like something like cotton because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Mm -hmm. breathable. So not like velvet underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Something very dense. So should I throw away my velvet? (laughs) My velvet undies. Velvet. Only for special occasions. Only for special occasions. My denim underwear, which sometimes jeans feel like that. They're so tight sometimes. It's annoying. My denim undies. Oh, it's rough. It's rough. Um, So, again, taste and smell discharge. Normal. Is there a normal smell or look and I know it can kind of change throughout your cycle um but when should we like maybe be concerned you know those type of things so um normal we're gonna mm-hmm. use air quotes mm-hmm. um would be either like a discharge that is clear or like a whitish color um 
it could have like a pink tint to it, you know, like when your period's mm-hmm. ending, you can have that pink tint or a dark brown tint if your period's starting or ending. Those are kind of within the normal as well. Like when you start to get into like the grayish colors, and I'm this is, you know, broadly grayish colors, yellow tints, green tints, those could be signs of infection. Um, if you're having like a fishy odor, like uh, something that smells like bread, like the yeasty odors, you know, that's, those are signs of infection as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then like you should, people should know like how much discharge they normally have. So like if you start to have a lot more discharge, like it's a lot, a lot more that could indicate that there's something wrong, like an infection or something else going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like. I've seen a lot of like stand up on this and some TikTok videos about how when we take off our underwear, we're all like self-conscious about the fact that we have discharge in our underwear, mm-hmm. like say if we're sleeping with someone. And I don't really know why, because I I am a part of that. I also was like, mm, flip it. <laughs> I am a part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, I am a part of it. But I don't know why. And like, mm-hmm. where is that coming from that we're insecure about the fact that our underwear has discharge in it? <laughs> I guess it's that whole, it's like the whole shame and stigma around just having like having discharged altogether, you know, Yeah. Mm-hmm. um, that this is what like your area is supposed to be always cl- like clean and mm-hmm. having discharge is a sign of like something being dirty or, you know, infection, which it's not, it's like, it's completely normal. Like the vagina is self-cleaning and it's doing its thing and you have discharge. But I think, you know, you never, you never see like in porns, girl take it off and they have like discharge and that kind of stuff. So yeah. like it gets, it gets like, it's like a cultural or socialized thing where it's just, you just never see it. Right. So you never know what it actually, it's like a real thing that happens. So I think the fact that we're starting to talk about these things and normalizing that like people recognize like, Oh yeah, this is normal. And, and I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And last thing that I have with discharge. So my underwear gets like bleach looking mm-hmm. from discharge. I only just realized that that's a thing that other people experience. Yeah. So what is that about? <laughs> what the, why do I have to buy so much underwear all the time? Because I have bleach stains in it. <laughs> it's probably based on like the, the, your vagina has a pH. A pH can be anywhere from like 3.5 to 4.5, broadly speaking. So it's, it's more a acidic so of course it's going to create stains occasionally so yeah it's totally normal though yeah but that's why because the vagina is acidic and it's getting rid of discharge that is also acidic so it's going to cause stains okay so it's powerful (laughs) so you're telling me (laughs) my discharges have a lot of power (laughs) (laughs) that's how it feels <laughs> do penises discharge at all throughout the day like vaginas do? I would hope not because that would be very bad. That no. would indicate something. I mean, they have like, you <laughs> okay, know, wet, wet, wet dreams, but no, they should not be just like discharging here and there because I, I would Don't be concerned. Off. I'd be like dripping down the leg all day if you wear boxers. Yeah. <laughs> Peeing yourself a little bit. sometimes which brings me to another discharge point. Sometimes it does feel like you just peed yourself. Mm-hmm. Why is there like a sudden erosion? <laughs> like, like what pushes it out? Yeah. <laughs> what pushes it out? It could be your muscles. I'm trying to think like, is that like around the time of like ovulation? I'm thinking, but it, I mean, for you, it could be any time depending on what the discharge looks like. So it could be around ovulation where, you know, the discharge is like thinner, more stringier, getting the, your whole body ready to receive semen. I'm thinking, or it could be just. Must like muscles, like your muscles just might be 
that good and that like tighter. So like, you know, certain movements just make uh-huh. it gush out. You're just rushing my abs all the time. <laughs> That's especially when I'm Sorry. <laughs> I'm discharging. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm discharging. Don't look like... at me or make direct <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. And whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to O-S-E-A malibu.com and use code d-e-w-m-e for 10 percent off so you just mentioned during ovulation it might be like stringier and thinner what about during the other menstrual phases so um you know you're gonna have your period and then after that ends that you may not see any discharge for like a week or two then you get close to ovulation it might be like thicker cream like a creamier white color the closer you get to ovulation it's going to look like um more should be theoretically like clear and stringy thinner um some people may notice when they're heading back into the phase like um their period phase that it's a little thicker clumpier um and then of course you're going to cycle back into your period where you'll just have like bleeding so blood Mm -hmm. for three to seven days depending on how your period runs Mm -hmm. okay yeah. Thank you. That makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> is the wetness that we experience throughout the month a different wetness than we feel when we're turned on? Like, are those the same type of like discharge or is it a little bit different? It's a little bit different just because of like the glands inside will, when you're aroused and stuff, they push out more fluid in there. So it's some of the, some of the normal discharge and then like more of the fluids coming from those two glands that are pushing out um, the lubrication. Okay. So discharge is different from lubrication. Yes. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. And is there ever a a warning amount of lubrication that we should be aware of? I don't, I I can't say that, you know, some people are just very, very wet wet, and Mm -hmm. that's just their normal. And it, I have a girlfriend. I'm laughing because I had a girlfriend. She's like, I don't think this is normal. And so she went to her doctor and like checked it out. And he was like, yeah, you're fine. Like, that's just your your <laughs> level of normal. Right. right. Your level of normal is more than other people. But um, some people, that's just how they are. They just have a lot of lubrication to give. Yeah. Because I've like definitely been one of those people. And I've known people that like feel the need to apologize, you know, where you're like, oh, I just like, I'm someone that gets really wet. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sorry. And it can be kind of be embarrassing if like, by the time you're ready to like take off your underwear, you're like, 
fuck. <laughs> These are <laughs> dripping. <Soaked. laughs> yeah, and it can I mean, feel a little I think embarrassing. They just take that as a compliment. Like, do, mm-hmm. you're just doing your job and you're doing it very well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Thank Let's you for go. your service. Yeah. Right, right. It's kind of like when things start to come out, that's when there starts to be the shame. Because, like, you know, there's shame around mm-hmm. periods, there's shame around discharge. And it's like, there's not shame around wetness if it stays, if it inside, stays inside. But once yeah. it starts yeah. to come out, that's when it's like, yeah. Ooh. It's like, keep it to yourself. And it's like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Sex is messy. Yeah. Everything that yeah. involves I'm sex messy. is going to be messy. <laughs> I'm earthy. I'm earthy and I'm, I'm earthy. messy. <laughs> Just need that to be clear. <laughs> Well, speaking of, unless you had another discharge question, speaking of like getting a little messy in the good way, we want to talk about also like products to use throughout the day that can kind of help you feel a little bit more fresh. So are there like, um, what was I think? Like, like flushable wipes that we can use or like, you know, like what are good products to use for your, I really, gosh, I'm so torn because I understand like the need for them, but I feel like a lot of products have like too much like fragrance and things that like disrupt your vulva's pH. And then it throws you into the other side where you're just having like, okay, what are all these smells? What is all this? Like, what is all this discharge? So I don't know if there's any, anything that I would like totally recommend that you do. I think you have to be very careful with um, like, the wipes and the sprays and you know everything else that they have on the market just because they can throw your ph off very easily um even like with like um what do they call like the the soaps and those kind of things so i don't know if there's anything i would recommend i mean i'm kind of basic and as best as you can like a, a, a soap or some sort of cleanser that's close to the vaginal ph and water and so if you have to do it multiple times which is not although it's not optimal you know just because that can then all also throw your vaginal or your vaginal mm-hmm. bubble pH because you're like drying it out but you know just try your best to um soap and water clean hands and washing because it gets very messy with the the sprays and the wipes and stuff just because of all of the products and the more that I read because there's always studies that are coming out about right. them like the more I'm just like you really shouldn't be using them mm-hmm. but if and on the other side like if you've been using the same product forever and you love it, and you're not having any issues with it, continue to use it. What about baby wipes? Like a really sensitive baby wipe, does that still have the potential to It disrupt? may, depending on the brand. Okay. Of, um, it would just, it, yeah, I would, I'm mm-hmm. just going to say, like, it may, depending on the brand, you would have to kind of look at kind of like the ingredient list and what's in there mm-hmm. and try it out and see kind of like, what's happening is anything mm-hmm. happening am I still good um but I know a lot of people do use them and they're perfectly fine with those okay okay interesting and we've heard a couple times that like douching isn't fantastic oh right don't ever don't ever <laughs> do don't don't ever there's no reason to douche because that and itself like the act of douching it that will really mess up your vaginal ph and then like you're stripping all the good bacteria along with the bad bacteria and then okay then you have all these infections so bv and you know all sorts of things happening you're just like why are all these things happening well because you're stripping out all the good bacteria out of your Mm -hmm. vagina so yeah don't no no need to douche don't uh, no need to really you don't have to sites like toys that are clean and Mm -hmm. penises and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff you don't really need to insert anything into your vagina okay was that just used as like 
a tool to clean before we had any knowledge that it really fucks everything up? Like, what was that for? I think so. And, you know, the history, you know, the history behind like vaginas and it being clean and the cleanliness behind it, it could have been one of the, the, the theories behind like, or one of the reasons why they use douche. I think it was, and I'd have to go back and read like why they started douching, but I think that's like the idea behind it. Like that was one of the ways to clean the vagina make sure it's clean but you know the more research and the more contemporary we become we we recognize that it's not really it's bad for you and it's kind of wrecking everything when you do douche like you're swiftly mm-hmm. away all the good stuff that you need inside your vagina yeah and we don't want to do that Mm-mm. no, no don't do that <laughs> in the name of preventing infections what other things can we do to make sure that we do prevent those so like you know obviously we talk a lot about sex we're a sex podcast like peeing I know well that's a UTI I guess that's different but like preventing yeast infections like how what are simple things that we can do to prevent those kinds of infections so you're you're right on the money peeing after sex is a big one condoms is Mm -hmm. another big one like in the either the internal external condom is a big one um so like not sitting in wet damp clothes so that like after working out being by a pool that kind of stuff can really decrease like your yeast infections being careful about the products that you're using even though like they're designed for your vulva and vagina like you have to be really careful cuz like the more more products are coming out that's where people are running into issues because that can mm-hmm. cause yeast infections and BD and that kind of stuff so being very careful again i say that but if you've been using the product forever and you love it and there's no issues, continue to use it, of course. Um, and yeah, so, and then like just number of sex partners, you know, like right. if you can reduce the number of sex partners, of course, that will reduce the number of infections that are possible. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the science a little bit behind why we should pee after we have sex? Like, what is that so, for? Yeah, it's because, so you're using toys, hands, you know, all sorts of penises, all sorts of stuff for sex going into, you know, your vagina. So like the bacteria, what you're doing is like when you pee, um, all the bacteria that is possible, like you have bacteria outside of your urethra. So like with sex and you're pushing and smacking and touching, all of those can get into your urethra. So when you pee, it pushes all the bad bacteria out of your urethra and decrease your chance for infection. Gotcha. I don't know if it's a mental thing or if maybe throughout sex I was doing something else wrong, <laughs> but I've noticed <laughs> that every time maybe I haven't peed, I've felt off like mm. easily. Mm. And I don't mm. know if it, does it happen that quickly or that it can really affect you if you don't pee after sex? I don't, it, it may have been in my head. <laughs> it may have been in your, it may have been in your head, but you know, some people are very sensitive and they know their bodies like, I have a yeast infection or I have a, like a, they'll come in with a UTI. I'm like, there's no way this person, and sure enough, the person has a UTI. Right. So, um, I think sometimes it's, it's a mental thing. Like, I don't know, after sex, I'm like, I just need to empty my bladder. I feel like I've been doing this for like yes. <laughs> hours. So I'm just ready to pee anyways. Uh-huh. So, um, it could be a mental thing. And some people just I don't think it happens that quickly, but some people, you know, are just, they think that they have a UTI and it ends up, they actually do have a UTI. So how quickly after sex, like penetrative sex, should, should you go pee? Um, I would say if you're like within like an hour or so, I think that's good. Like within that night. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. Like don't fall asleep Mm -hmm. and get up the next day. It's kind of like within the hour to 
I would say anywhere between like one and three hours would be like a good time frame. So I don't have to do what I've been doing, which running? is running. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. yeah. It doesn't have to be immediately. Like you want to get up like within like an hour or so and mm-hmm. get up and go pee. Yeah. Okay. I feel like at least it might be the same situation with you. I've like mentally trained myself to like, mm-hmm. I have to pee after sex. It's like one of those conditioning things yeah. that I've done. Yes. <laughs> right the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and does it matter if it's like only a little bit? Will I, am I like keeping infection inside if I only have to pee a little bit? Should I down water? <laughs> No, I think if it's, I mean, your bladder might just be empty. Mine always seems to be full for some reason. I don't know why that is. But um, as long as, you you know, you're emptying, you're wiping correctly, it, it's just like a matter of like, not to say that it's going to be every single time it's going to like 100% decrease your risk for a UTI, but it's just, it's decreasing it a lot. So you're, you're, you're doing the right thing and you're wiping and we're taking a shower or you're laying back down, whatever. But as long as you're trying to empty that bladder, then you're doing the right thing. Okay. And this might be a gross question, but I'm going to go for it unless you have something. I've asked a lot of questions. (laughs) You have a lot of questions. So that's important. Well, I always used to get, so we were, I was really close to my roommates in college and like we would go to the bathroom with the door open. It didn't matter at all. So they would always make fun of me because they told me I wiped the wrong way. So can you say what the right way is to wipe since you just... First of, first of all, I'm curious how you were wiping for them well, to tell you that you were right. I wasn't like shitting, so they didn't see like <laughs> okay. that wipe. But I just yeah. go from the front. Like I just like So it should go. be like front to back if that's yeah. like if you're going for is that I go back to front when I like when yeah. I pee. Oh, Not when I pee. That's, but like when I that pee, is, I that go is, back yeah, to front. That's your pee you're wiping wrong. Okay. They, well, they were right. <laughs> get out they were right I don't know why like I get but no one teaches you how to wipe when you're little Mm. yeah that is true and it's like it like to reach that like it's I understand why you did because it's easier but you don't want to pull any of the bacteria from like your back to your front right so Mm -hmm. that's why they want you to go from front to back okay but you reach down in the front right when you when you wipe or do you go behind um, it's probably easier to go from it's behind. It's easier to though? go from behind. What? Sometimes I'll go from the front, but it's like a weird angle. Yeah. Oh my God, it's a weird angle for me to go from behind. I like literally cannot. <laughs> I try. Like I try to be more conscious Practice of it. Practice makes perfect. I guess. Yeah. But like, yeah, they would, I don't know. And I know this is a very personal subject, but I would never, I don't know. Okay. Good to well, know. There you go. It's, it's a conditioning thing. You're used to doing it that way. But mm-hmm. yeah, you, you want try to go the other way because you want to decrease <laughs> the bacteria that you're pulling up front. So fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Anything else from you? <laughs> um, the only other thing I was really thinking about because I was like, okay, we went over taste. We went over smell. We went over sight. And then I was like sound <laughs> um, and queefing. Ah, uh, queefing. queefing. <laughs> the queef. It's normal. It is totally normal. It's just air. It's like air getting in there and air releasing, right? So it's, it is totally normal. Ugh, I would always get it. I would always queef accidentally when I was stretching at soccer. <laughs> like, <laughs> super What kind of stretches are you doing? My goodness. Well, like, if you went up, maybe it's not stretching more abs, but, like, if you brought your legs uh, all the way up, or if you were doing that, like, froggy stance, mm, you know, to, like, stretch out yeah. the inside of your legs, and then you, you know... <laughs> 
get air in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if what I'm about, to, I hope this is relatable. Um, that's the scary thing about saying anything on this that's podcast. What I, I was nervous about is the, the wiping fear thing. of like, yeah. am I about to totally uh, just ruin my life or yeah. am I going to really normalize Relate this? Relate to a lot of people. Uh, but like, I've definitely felt a queef just when I'm like walking around. It kind of feels like a bubble come out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And or then it like kind of just shift and it goes like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it really just feels like a little bubble and then it yeah. dissipates that's, into my That's butt. a really good good way of putting it. That's exactly what it feels like. So thank you for yeah. verbalizing that. Yep. It dissipates <laughs> into your butt? Like it just, well, it doesn't go up. Oh, I feel it coming out the front. Really? Yeah. Like oh. if I feel a little bubble, I like move around and then it comes out the front. So you lead it. I don't, I don't guide it. I let it do its own well, thing. Well, because it feels uncomfortable. It feels like my underwear is stuck or something. So mm. then I got to move around and then I'll... It'll be fine. Yeah, mine goes out the back. That's <laughs> great. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, Party trick, right? I'm sure there's a way to go out the side, too. Are you a front queef or a back queef kind of girl? Uh, that's a first date question. That's a first date question if I ever heard one. And which way do you wipe? Like, those are all first date questions. There you go. Just your... Your necessaries. Just your, your necessaries. <laughs> well, is there anything about like vagina health or vulva health that we should talk about or that we didn't touch on? <laughs> First of all, you guys are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> totally love it. I think you guys have hit on most of the things. I think the most important thing I always tell people is make sure that you have a healthcare provider that you can talk to about issues, somebody that like you trust and you can go to all the time so that, um, even when things are going great, they know what your normal is. So they can kind of guide you when your normal is not so normal, or they can say, Hey, you know, let's talk about these issues that you're having. So I think that's really, really important. Um, I have been, I know it's hard for people to always find somebody that they really like and they trust. Um, I always say to kind of tap your friends because, you know, word of mouth is usually the best place that to, to find a really good healthcare provider. That's where I got mine. Right. Especially when you're dealing with, you know, your your goods, you want your goods to stay good. So Mm -hmm. you got to find that provider who's going to listen to you, respect you and kind of take all your concerns um, seriously when they, when they arise. Is there some database of sex positive practitioners? Because like if I hadn't gotten mine through Emma, I don't know what I would do because I feel so lucky. I can talk about everything and I feel so comfortable and safe. And like, obviously you would be an incredible practitioner to have, but it's like, where do you find people like, like you oh, or is there something so in crazy. their bio it's, that says yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> sex positive pre- and I don't know I guess it's just like it's word of it's word of mouth it's like mm-hmm. talking to individuals or you know like of course when you're a medical in a, the medical field you talk to people and you get to know them as like practitioners and as people like would I actually trust this person like oh they're actually like really good so I I mean I've been just very lucky and blessed to have started my career with very sex positive they just happened to all be female providers that like took care of young young women right so they were really passionate about what they did and they they loved their patients and you know they loved teaching so they would come here let's look at this come and see this this and this what do you see here and i'm looking at slides and i'm supposed to be looking at cells i'm like i don't know they all look like circles to me no it's a clue cell and here's why (laughs) and here's what that means you know Uh, but i think like if if you're fortunate enough to live in like cities where they're doing progressive things around reproductive mm-hmm. and sexual health, that's usually where you're going to find the good providers. So yeah. not even cities, like cities and towns and, you know, where they're doing those kind of things. Yeah. I we know. should start a database. 
I yeah. feel like I think that would it's be a really, really cool though. thing to do. We should get them approved by all of the doctors we've had on here. Exactly. Well, just like in asking people, because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we do have like a sizable number of people listening. And it's like a lot of us do have these really great practitioners and we're all over the country and the world. So it's like we yeah. might as well start putting those somewhere. That's so, true. It could be cool. That's true. Yeah. Stamped it. We're doing there it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Where can our listeners continue to connect with you after this episode? Yeah. So thank you so much again for having me. You guys are so much fun. (laughs) Um, Definitely. You can connect me on all my socials um, at the nurse note, and you can check out my site at the nurse note.com. Say what you just said. This is the last you're going to hear from us before uh, 2022. We won't see you again until next year. (laughs) I only want to say that because I know how many people hate you saying that. I think it's funny. I think it's fine. I mean, when people say it seriously, like, see you next year, it's a little annoying. But right now, I'm funny. I can think of a lot of people in our lives who would say it seriously. My mommy. My fiance. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Our friend's fiance. Yeah. Oh my God. So many. Um, I'm not going to wait until next year to thank Janelle for being yes, on the episode that's today. That's a good idea. So thank you, Janelle, so much. And thank you, listeners, for 2021. Yeah. Thank it's you for been being a here. Hull of a ride. Hull of a ride. And we're going out with a bang. We're raw dogging this year. <laughs> Uh, yeah here's to raw dog in 2022 all Mm -hmm. together just taking it from behind and consensually giving it a great time giving it a romp in the hay and hoping it doesn't unconsensually take us from behind again (laughs) yes yeah um (laughs) go ahead and send this to someone you love Mm-hmm. It's similar to a New Year's kiss. <laughs> um, it's just as special. <laughs> it's just how you Sorry. Okay, okay, Don't okay. Me. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me if this is going to be the episode that gets you to leave a written <laughs> review. Leave a oh, bunny. Leave a bunny. Oh, no, a kid, a cat. Oh. Like pussy. Or a bunny because Emma got it wrong. Because I bunny. got it wrong enough. And how cute. I like that better than pussy, I think. A bunny. My bunny. Sorry. My bunny. I don't know. I think that means we have to go. I think she's done for the year. I think we're all done for the year, aren't we? Aren't we all? Well, bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay, literally, we'll see you next (laughs) time. We'll see you in a couple of days. Okay, bye. bye.